0: Uh, there's, a, there's a special text, John 14, uh, verses 12 to 14, and I'm just going to share a few words about that um, to kind of frame our mind and our posture for uh, prayer, uh, especially in this Advent season as we get close to, close to Christmas. And uh, there's no formal you know, uh, sermon this morning, but <clears throat> I wanted to share just a few words on these three verses because, um, and then we're going to sing uh, a couple more carols, and then we're going to move into our prayers of the people. And I think this helps kind of frame our mind and our thinking about prayer. Uh, and also just helps us kind of think about how we might deepen uh, our prayer and be consistent with that practice as we go through, um, go through the holidays and just in our lives uh, in, in general. So prayer is one of those things that it's just so important that you almost forget how important it is and how vital it is to the life of Christians. And if someone wants to ask you, you know, what, 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 do, you, what do you really need, you know, and want on a daily basis? Uh, we might, you know, say food, friendship, you know, coffee, you know. Something like that, you know. And, you know, if we think about it a bit longer, we'd think of something like, you know, prayer. We, we might say that, or sort of oxygen. But oxygen is like the prayer for us. So it's not something you always think right away as, as something that's essential uh, to who you are in your, in your life of faith. Although we should, we can forget about it. But really, this is just really a, a kind of a central component to who we are as believers. With his usual eloquence, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Like, wow, that's, that's really significant. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing, and I think that's helpful. Uh, Max Locato, the devotional writer whom uh, many of us know and, and love, uh, he's got a very simple definition of prayer. Like, okay, if this is so important, what is it? And he says, prayer is a heartfelt conversation between God and his child. And I like that. It's heartfelt, so it's sincere, it's honest, uh, between God, our Heavenly Father, and his child. So if we are in Christ, that is who we are. So it, it speaks to the kind of the intimacy and the closeness and also the care uh, with which our Heavenly Father uh, hears us. But, <clears throat> And yet we can be uh, forgetful or neglectful, let's just be honest, right? Um, one of the things we are doing as a, as a congregation, if you call Westminster your church home, is praying for the church, your church family, two minutes every day. And uh, it can be tricky, right? Maybe some of you have forgotten, maybe some of you are doing great, maybe some of you need the reminder. Uh, but we just really need this reminder that you know th- this is central to who we are, but we can get neglectful, we can get forgetful, it's okay. I came across this uh, cartoon that I shared at the uh, prayer group uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, for those of you who can't totally see this, it's a bit, I don't know who, who came up with it, so I can't really credit them, but it's this guy, it looks like he's going to church, says, uh, oh great, here comes Bob, I told him I'd pray for him. Dear God, help Bob, oh, amen. Hey Bob, been praying for you. <laughs> you know, it's like... Technically, he did pray for Bob, <clears throat> and uh, it, it's kind of funny because uh, sometimes that's us. We've all we've all kind of uh, done that sometimes, and and been a bit neglectful. So Jesus comes in and provides a corrective uh, with some words about prayer. And if you can indulge me with an analogy, if you're digging through you know the ground, the, the soil, you know you're just going. If you go a foot down, you're going to get grass, you're going to get dirt, you're going to get rocks. Maybe you get a broken bottle from the '90s that's been under the soil. But, um, but the deeper you go, you can discover a gold mine, you know, the deeper you go. And so um, I think we need that reminder because sometimes we get frustrated in our prayer or we get distracted or we're just, we're just, we're maybe not going deep enough. And so we want to go deeper. And when we do go deeper, we discover these riches. It's a part of our relationship. But over time, we find that it's even more satisfying to us. And so <clears throat> this is the text and it's up there. Uh, th- three verses, the last two, I'm going to focus on about prayer and just share a few thoughts about them. But remember, this is in that last um, teaching that Jesus has with his 11 apostles because Judas is already left to betray him. And this is you a know, very important section of teaching. This is before his betrayal, torture, crucifixion. And um, he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. And so in the next section of text, he's going to talk about sending the Holy Spirit with believers. And so we will see some of the powerful, amazing things that those disciples do, especially in the book of Acts, but also through church history too. And some of you have been a part of some of those things. Then he says, verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So those, those are some pretty big verses, right? Those are very significant, and, and if we just kind of pass over this, we can think, oh, this is a blank check. I ask anything in Jesus' name. Shabamo, you get it. Well, not so fast. If you pray for something in Jesus' name, it presupposes a request that is in, in, in agreement with God's will. So if you pray for something in Jesus' name, it presupposes a request that is in agreement with God's will. So let's say there's a royal messenger, and he, and he comes into your town. Uh, in the name of King Katipo of Norway, I hereby declare. Well, <clears throat> you know, he's not just going to say whatever. The idea is that he's going to say something that is consistent with what King Katipo from Norway uh, has said. <clears throat> and so if we say, you know, dear, dear God, help me win the lottery. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, it 's not like that binds god 's will or hands, and it 's not a magic formula that, that he has to do it, so we 're expressing not only a desire for god 's will but also our union with God. So when you take the name of someone you 're expressing union with them in the name of Jesus, I ask for this okay. um, John the <clears throat> apostle and gospel writer uh, talks a bit more about this um, in his own words in John first John five verse fourteen. He says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, toward God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So see that? According to his will. Notice also in verse 13, it's right in the middle there. "Uh, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that, so this is the purpose statement, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And so the idea is that this is an encouragement for us to, when we pray for things, to make sure we are praying for things that are going to give glory to God our Father uh, through Jesus. And so this is a bit of a, a way that we could look at our own prayer life and say, okay, the things that I'm praying for, are these things going to give glory to God through Jesus? And if they're not, then maybe we're not praying in the right way. Um, <clears throat> before we move to the, uh, to the carol, carols, let me just indulge me with a bit of a uh, illustration. It's a bit simplistic, but I think it makes the point. So imagine there's a, a toddler, and he really wants a candy cane, and it's before dinner. And he really wants that candy cane, right? And um, the parent knows what's best. And the parent says, you can't have that candy cane before dinner. And the reasons are because, you know, you could choke on it, and second, it's before dinner, so it's going to wreck your appetite. But the toddler just ain't hearing that. Okay, so there's, the toddler just wants that candy cane and is so focused on that, and, uh, and in fact, is, is indignant because how can you deny this fundamental happiness that this candy cane is surely going to bring? Right? Now, you, you know where I'm going with this, of course, is, is that we, you know, we are the toddler in many of those times. Now, here's why it's overly simplistic is because there are times when many of us pray for things and we are on our knees and we are desperately calling out to God for His help and intervention in situations which we feel are very clearly, according to Scripture, according to His will. Maybe we're praying for someone to come to know the Lord or someone to take that next step in faith. Maybe it's the safety of a child. Maybe it's to end some great injustice in the world. And we beat our head against the wall because that seems so consistent with God's will. And so my point is this. There are times when God's timing is different from our timing. His timing is different than our timing. Maybe for some reason we need to learn patience. Or simply that God has a greater wisdom than us and is acting in a way that is simply beyond what our toddler brains can understand. In all of it, we trust a couple of things. One, God is good. Psalm 118, verse 1, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. He cannot deny his character. God is always good. Second, God is almighty and sovereign, so he is always able. And third, God is always working. So even though we can't always see how he is bringing things together, we trust that because he is good, because he is sovereign, he is always working. Uh, Mark Batterson, who's a pastor, has a, has a great way to say it. You know, sometimes you get frustrated in prayer. You want to you pray for the things that are consistent with God's will, that he is glorified through Jesus. Uh, and, and it's just like, you pray, prayer is your way of putting the ball in God's court. I'm thinking about this. I'm worried. I'm up late about this. I'm thinking about this. Lord, I give it over to you. I think that's a helpful way for us to think about it. It's putting the ball in God's court. So Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So brothers and sisters, it turns out humans do have wings. Uh, They're called knees. Amen.